Welcome to the special episode of the Seafarer Investor Podcast. Today's episode is a different one and unique in a sense that there will not be any discussions about finance and investing, but instead it will be about marine noise pollution. This kind of a this is a kind of a special topic also because I just don't want to talk about investing all the time. And also it really helps to understand the effects of the business that we do here at sea. Two scientists will join me in this episode and talk about marine noise pollution and other stuff related to marine life as well. One is Ruben van der Nuut. He is a marine data scientist with a strong passion for coastal and marine-related projects. Other one is Eliza Bravo Reboledo. She is a marine mammal observer specializing on marine ecology and marine debris. They're both easy and fun to talk to, <laughs> and I really learned a lot, especially on how the sounds of the ships and underwater constructions affect uh, marine mammals like whales and, and dolphins. I hope this episode will be of value to those who are curious and concerned about marine mammals at sea. Just gonna apologize ahead for the audio quality as we recorded this on board our ship and I only have one microphone so it's a stretch to capture everything. Anyway, without further ado, let's start the special episode and my conversation with Eliza and Ruben. Welcome, Eliza and uh, Ruben, to the Seafair Investor Podcast. It's a great pleasure to have you both in the show. I really appreciate the, the time that you gave me here. I know it's uh, you're out of uh, work and it, this is your free time, but I really appreciate you being here. So this episode is a special one, as my podcast is generally about personal finance and investing. So the, the topic that we're going to discuss is really not directly related, but I cannot let this opportunity pass because it's quite rare for the ship to have scientists on board. <laughs> so this excites me because I am a frustrated scientist myself. <laughs> so to start, perhaps you can introduce yourself to the listeners, like who you are, what you do in the ship. So for context, we're now recording while at sea, just for the listeners to know. Good. Shall I start? I'm uh, Elisa from the Netherlands. Uh, I work for an ecological consultancy where I uh, mainly work with seabirds and marine mammals and plastic pollution. Uh, and I'm on board of the ship as a marine mammal observer. Yeah, I'm Ruben, also from the Netherlands. I'm a marine scientist working for a, a company that's focusing on coastal processes and sound and the water, uh, applying that in within different uh, offshore and, and coastal environments. And here on the on the ship, I do uh, PAM, what's passive acoustic monitoring to to observe mammals. Mm. 
So, I mean, can you um, define what is like a marine observer, actually, the, the definition? What, what do you do? Well, what I do, I just stand outside with my binoculars and my camera and I will look around to see if I see some marine mammals, whales, dolphins, uh, seals perhaps, and uh, see if I can identify them and uh, make some really nice pictures of them. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> and you, you Ruben, you're... Yeah, I'm more focusing on the sound to see if I can hear any, any marine mammals. So we deploy a, a hydrophone in the water. A hydrophone is uh, and microphone then on the water for the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. basically like hydro and phone. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> and we just listen to to see if we can can hear something uh, like dolphins or whales. Uh, and this is because in uh, relation to what uh, we are doing at sea, we are you know doing uh, construction and infrastructure. So, so that's why you monitor the sea for for their uh, presence. I mean, why why are you monitoring the the sounds? I mean, why what's the point actually in monitoring them? Basically, to to protect them a bit as well. So while we are doing construction, it can have an impact on mammals that are close by, and therefore we are monitoring it to see if if they are close by that we might delay any activity or construction activity uh, or completely stop it all. Mm. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a noise pollution somehow. So how does it affect really like marine mammals? It's, how does uh, the sound being made, you know, uh, construction underwater affect uh, marine mammals? It, it can be on different levels. So as we, the construction is, can be different things, but it is generating a sound. Depending on the frequency of the sound, it can influence different marine mammal species um how has that been affected that depends a bit on how far away they are but if they're close by it can cause a direct death uh they, they make the, the mammals deaf uh what might result in that as well as marine mammals need their sound and ears in the water to navigate and to to hunt and to and to catch fish um creating a deaf mammal mammal might cause a death mammal. So that's why we can see uh, these uh, uh, whales that are beached in the beaches, you know, like stranded. Maybe it can be an indirect cause? or It can be. Um, that's why they do a lot of research on uh, stranded animals. And one of the research uh, uh, parts is to collect their ears to see if they are deaf, yes or no. But you can't say that when you see a dead whale on the beach, it is caused because there was so much noise, they become deaf and then beached. I mean, there are a lot of other factors, yeah. factors that they, they can be ill or really old or um, just at the wrong place. Or they just yeah. want to die. Okay, that's yeah. that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're all that's just Yeah, but time. like with moss trendings, we don't really know what's behind that. So if you have like... Um, Pilot whales and mm -hmm. you know, those mass strandings with uh, hundreds of animals that just beach themselves. Yeah, maybe some of them are on the beach and the rest is just coming by to see what's happening. And then they got stranded. They stranded as well. Yeah. Um, Eliza, you mentioned that you're a marine ecologist. I mean, I was uh, talking to you about that the other day, and um, everybody knows what's like a marine biologist. Is, but what is a 
marine ecologist. What do you do? <laughs> well, I try to look at the, uh, all the parts in the ecosystem and how they work together. And I mainly look at bird, marine birds and uh, marine mammals. And uh, well, then you also have the diet, so you've got the fish part in it. And so it's pollution. So pollution the interrelationship yeah. between this, the species, you know, this big uh, web. Yeah. Yeah. So you also mentioned, you know, the other day about this. You're gonna study in the wind farms also. You're gonna study the new uh, ecosystem that the wind farms are bringing into the sea. Maybe you can give some more comment on that. I'm curious. <laughs> Yeah, well, we make the windmill farms at sea, um, and we're now looking at what's the benefit for it. Uh, is it a, a shelter place for fish, and will that attract marine mammals as well, and birds? But if it attracts birds, um, will the birds get hit by the rotor oh, blades yes, of, the, yeah. of the windmill farms, and how will it affect that? Uh, you know, what, what will be the effect on population of certain birds? So there are all kinds of things where you can think of when you study. Ooh. So it, it, there's like a potential for the there's a base of the windmills to become like you know like mini coral reefs or maybe they can like you know incorporate yeah. that into yeah. make constructing yeah. that's a uh, really interesting uh this is one of the things that they're now looking into if uh, not it's not a new thing or a recent thing we know it for longer already that those structures on the water can be can be used as creating a spawning area or a, a coral reef, artificial coral reefs being created by those platforms as well. So there's not a full new thing, but it, it are things that mm. keeps. Uh, but does it interest. like because you know the those uh, structures in the sea are not you know natural for the fishes and the organisms. So does it like disrupt their normal cycles? Like you know they don't normally live there and they don't normally uh, spawn there. So. Does it affect their natural uh, cycle of birth, and you know it's a new place for them? Yeah, so that is that is directly on the to the point what we don't really know for sure. However, we do quite a lot of research on it, and there are different opinions. So on one hand, there are cases where it does does show that it is creating a a new life, but also for invasive species. So for species that have never been there and now been introduced into that area and basically taking over that area. And that's something what you don't want. But in other locations, it is shown that it is actually increasing biodiversity and it has a positive effect on, on the neighborhood. So even though it was not originally there and is changing the environment a bit, it is on a positive way so that also the fish and marine life and whatever. And also reintroduce species that were uh, lost, yeah. like mm. oysters. Try to reintroduce uh, an oyster back in the windmill farms that have been in, in the North Sea. Mm. Then the Japanese oyster came in. And ah, just... yes, because that is more yeah. valuable. <laughs> So it's a. So it's uh, also a place where you can, yeah, try to reintroduce species that are. That's uh, that's really location dependent. Yeah. That's, also, that's the point. That is, uh, it's quite really you know complex and interesting to, to study. I, I hope I was, I'm a marine biologist also. <laughs> okay, I I have another one. Is, is there a way you know we can you know lessen the noise pollution from the ships or is there a, a way how how we can, you know, improve in, in the existing uh, noise pollution on the sea? 
have you seen like you know um, progressive uh, improvements on the structures you know made on ships or is it still like in progress it is in progress that's for sure and i think the shipping industry in itself you have to refine a little bit better as well so if you talk about offshore operations i think there they have improved over recent years to reduce sound pollution um as during operations but if mm-hmm. you more look to container shipment yeah. and those things that's more the old-fashioned way in in the propellers just generating the noise so it depends a bit on what kind of operations and what kind of shipping mm-hmm. nevertheless i do think that the increase or improvement of vessels making them more efficient yeah. etc has also a direct influence on reducing mm-hmm. sound in in the water that's for sure because uh, as i understand whales also have this you know their own natural routes in the open uh, ocean so if if that there's like a supply uh, route of ships in there so do they also adapt or do they get like disoriented and they cannot go back to their um, habitat before or um, i think they they can be disoriented that's for sure or mothers have loose calves or something like that that can happen yes um, but uh, the the migration routes of whales are not necessarily the same as the shipping lines we make mm. and um, i think that whales can adapt and avoid try to avoid the the really noisy uh, lines shipping lines at a certain point and just uh, yeah, they're they're intelligent creatures also. So <laughs> they definitely are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in in connection, I mean, um, to the sounds, you know, you know, whales make. I'm curious: is do the sounds you record underwater, like you know, whale songs? Is that how we actually? Is that actually how it how it sounds? If a human will go underwater and close his eyes and just listen, or is just the sounds that we hear on the internet, you know, is, or is it optimized for? So it depends on the species, to be honest. So we, as human beings, have a natural hearing frequency between 20 uh, hertz and, uh, what did I say? 200 hertz and 20 kilo? I don't know. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, 20 kilohertz and uh, till... I remember the range that you said me the other day. Yeah, but uh, well, I don't know. Anything, <laughs> but what was the lower frequency? Ah, yeah, sorry, it's okay. I blanked out. So if it, as long as it is in in <laughs> within that range, yes, then we can hear it, and we would actually proceed that we put our heads in the water. We would hear the hear the that voice. However, there are also certain species that are lower below that natural hearing frequency of us mm-hmm. and that we can't hear we, we just can't hear so to hear that on to hear that song on the internet that sound has to be enhanced and, and modified a bit to come into that frequency and on the other hand you also have the spectrum with certain dolphin types that are much higher frequency and and are in that top level we can't hear that either mm. we have to enhance so, that as so well the dolphin sound the, the clicking sound yeah Yes, some clicking sounds and purposes have those higher frequency uh, uh, levels that we that we can't hear naturally, and yeah, we have. Yeah. So it's also like you also mentioned the other day that uh, 
the the different kinds of frequency travel different distances. So you know, with the low frequencies uh, travel farther. Yes, and with high frequency only with short distance. Yes, can you explain why? Yeah, so it's mainly because of how the the sound signal looks like. So normally a lower frequency is a longer sound wave, and a longer sound wave wave is less influenced by other surrounding sounds and 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 obstructions. And mm-hmm. obstructions can be water water. Um, um, Bodies basically of different temperature, different salinity, and that long wave sinus basically can travel easier through that. High frequencies are much shorter uh, wave signals and are, are more influenced by by surrounding uh, environment or uh, impacts basically, and and therefore travel less less far or less further. So that's that's basically the, the reason. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, also, why do marine mammals, you know, underwater, uh, use sound as communication? I mean, why can't they use light or you know chemical receptors? Why why sound? You can you explain? Yeah, so sound is traveling much faster in in water. So it's uh, sound speed in water is uh, is around about fifteen hundred meters per second. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it is an easy way of transporting uh, sound. Uh, and if you go deeper on the water, there is less daylight, there is less light. Mm, yes. So therefore, less capabilities to to see underwater for those mammals. Mm. And therefore, the, the, the sound is a, it is a viable option. Um, the, this question is for Eliza. I'm, I'm curious if... You know, as an ecologist, you know, you always uh, study relationships between organisms, you know, and uh, mammals. Um, which uh, relationship among living organisms that you found or have discovered so far with, that is the coolest and, you know, the craziest also? It depends on how do you define relationships. Is it a relationship oh, oh. beneficial for both? Oh, <laughs> or yeah. is, it a, is it a relationship what's beneficial for one animal? And yeah, parasitism. Yeah. Because we were discussing the the dolphins with um, pufferfish. Yeah, pufferfish. Mm. Yeah. That they just, you know, not really chew on the pufferfish, but they just bump to the pufferfish puffer and then they release their toxics and they the dolphins become high. <laughs> they really do that. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, it's for the for the dolphins. It's uh. Yeah. <laughs> they, it's not really yeah, beneficial. I mean, it gives them a, a, a good feeling. But it's a, for the puffer, for the fish, it's uh. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. And for the dolphins, it's a recreational drug. Yeah. It's quite yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's how, you, that's how you can see it. Yeah. From, yeah. Damn, they're they're drug pushers. And <laughs> they're quite addicted to it, actually, as well. So they quite do it quite often and, and like to do it as well. So no, I I I saw I'm seeing dolphins in a different light. There, they're <laughs> but yes, um, it depends on which uh, relationship you know. If you uh, find the coolest, it um, it depends on uh, what you found so far. That you know the one that have or stick on your mind first when i ask the question yeah this is one of the one of the things that stick on my mind <laughs> dolphins and puffer fish <laughs> are there other ones like yeah i mean for hunting there are quite a bit of relationships between different uh 
mammals and dolphin groups, for example, and, and orcas that hunt together. They, and birds as well. The birds as well. Yeah, so they all come together in a kind of pit yeah. to 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 catch fish and the, really. The, so, like the the if you have a group of humpback whales, they just um, approach the group of fish from from underneath. So mm-hmm. they will just um, yeah push them to push the them to the surface. So they will eat, and then the birds can come from up because they know okay here's a a feeding uh, area, yeah. and uh, they just come, and then because the fish are pushed up to the surface, they can just yeah. easily eat. Did, did they like agree to those kind of, you know, um, the fish? You mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Of course, it's worse for the fish. But, but the, how did it's it like an evolutionary? Uh, it's just take your benefits from what you see as a bird. As a bird, yeah, it's you like see that there always are fish around. When humpback whales are feeding, mm-hmm. then you know, for me, that's an easy dinner. It's common sense for yeah. animals, yeah. And that's why birds are following fishermen as well, fishing ships as well, because mm-hmm. there is always fish coming to the surface and it's easy for them to catch. So, yeah, why not use it? And I think that's the same with the relationship between birds and, and whales in that, in that case. Yeah. Another curious question that I am, you know, not really dying to ask, but you know, it popped in my head last night. What sounds have you heard that is for you the 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 creepiest? The creepiest, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, it it struck you with horror, or not really horror, <laughs> but that's that's another thing. But oh, for sure, I, I think I'm always surprised about how much surrounding sounds there are, even though. There isn't that much around you. You can always hear kind of, I wouldn't say pollution, but human made or somehow man made sounds. Even though you don't see it on the surface, it, it might be gears in the water, chains laying around, those things. And I'm, all, I'm always surprised again how much, how much of a noise it still makes or have within the water column in itself. Mm. Uh, and even though it's just laying around there, especially if you look at the Wadden Sea or the North Sea, there is always something sound yeah. down there that is just moving in the currents and, and creating a sound. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it doesn't have to be a bad sound or a direct high pollution, but it always strikes me. It's quite the surprising. hydrophone picks it up. Yes, yeah. Now that's creepy, because <laughs> who knows it, what might be there? I mean, we we know that the oceans are not really, uh, I mean, haven't been totally explored yet. So it's quite ironic that we want to go outer space, but we haven't really explored totally the oceans. <laughs> so it's another interesting fact. And also about, um, I'm curious about this. Uh, you're also studying bird songs. And uh, whale songs also. No, that's his part. Oh, that, that's your part. <laughs> whale songs. Whale songs is his part. I mean, I, uh, I'm more looking to their behaviors. Hmm, behavioral patterns. So, so both of you is like uh, a complement to each other. Yeah. So we need each other in the, to to complete the, mm. the picture. So the one is for uh, audio, yeah. hearing sounds, and you're the one to confirm the sound. 
or I see something, and then I can say, "Do you hear it as well?" Hmm. Because when I see some, I, if I see a group of common dolphins passing by, then I can ask him, "Do you see something?" And I already know the species. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe I'll just you know rephrase the question earlier. <laughs> so I told you, um, which behavioral pattern that or uh, uh, any behavior of on mammals or any a kind of animal that you find you know really interesting and the coolest that you want to study more and know more about. There's still much still to study on marine mammals. Is there are animals that are hard to study? Ah uh, yes, hard to follow. Yeah, because they're underwater all the time. Yeah, travel long distances. So you travel. A lot. Well, I, I um, mainly look to the the marine mammals in the in the North Sea mm-hmm. and the the beached ones or the ones that get beached in the Netherlands. Uh, I did some research on the on the Antarctic fur seals in the Antarctic, um, but I think that I uh, find uh, diet studies one of the most interesting things. Oh, why? Diet and pollution and the combination. To see what's an animal eating and what's the amount of pollution... They're eating also. They're eating as well. And to see if there's a correlation between what they feed on and the amount of pollution they they eat as well. So far, what did you find? I mean, uh, what which... uh... Do you have any conclusive? Well, it, like if you look at the uh, sperm whales, you know they feed on the longline fisheries, so they just uh, snoop the fish from the longline fisheries. But sometimes they eat the whole line. Ooh. That's also a possibility. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I ask all my curious questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have anything to add more, I mean, to give more color to. Well, if you want to listen to a sound of an, a marine mammal. That's quite weird. Well, weird. I really love the sound. You have to look up the sound of a Weddell seal. Weddell? Yeah. Weddell seal. Yeah, that's one of the seals of the Antarctic. And that makes a, a stunning sound. That's really nice. How how stunning? That It's like a music to your ears? Yeah. yeah. Is it like, you know... Um... They have, I don't know how they how they do it. <laughs> but they it's... it's Just listen to it. It's a oh. range of strange sounds that they produce and it's really nice hi i'm interrupting now the podcast and inserting the weddell seal sound here that elisa just mentioned i found this in youtube and it's really out of this world (laughs) and i recommend you put on some earphones to fully appreciate it here it goes
Wow. It really sounds like a Pink Floyd album or how Daft Punk makes their music. A kind of maybe a natural marine techno of some sort. <laughs> now back to the podcast. And for you then, how is it for you to sail quite a lot, see quite a lot of, of the world, but why why didn't you go into the more the biological or science approach? And I'm gonna edit this out. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. I I mean um because in the Philippines, you know, where I was born, fortunately, unfortunately, um there's not much uh, focus or uh, on research, you know, on sciences. It's we're under underfunded and it's not really a noble profession in the Philippines. You know, how Asians mostly more give more focus of being a doctor. You go be a lawyer and uh, like that and that's it. <laughs> so Asian parents like, you know, lay out the what you do in college already. And and also being a scientist in the Philippines it's not um it's not enough to to make uh, the the salary is not enough to make you live normally you, you must always be be broke <laughs> so it's not lucrative that's the term and also you don't have support and because i came from a, a poor family and uh, so i need to really balance my choices i mean do i want to go broke but happy or uh, not broke but happy so mm-hmm. so i kind of eh? so i was like so uh, in the Philippines, there's a lot of research on, well, mainly fisheries. Yes. But in yeah. fisheries, you can combine that easily with marine life. Yeah. But I was thinking differently at the time. And when I was, you know, re- realizing my, my love for sciences, it was kind of too late because the the scholarship program that I went with this is, uh, we're locked, kind of locked in. You know, it's like a, a contract that, we need to finish our studies. We need to uh, serve them and work for them for this term, you know, five years. And that five years is not normal time. It's sea time. And I'm just halfway there. So so we're kind of locked into this scholarship with our company. and uh, But in exchange, they pay for all everything, almost everything, the, the lodging, the, the tuition, the food and stuff. So I was uh, I was halfway through and I was miserable, <laughs> and uh, I went to my first ship, and I was crying all the time, and because I want to be a physicist and uh, <laughs> and I love physics also, and but I kind of realized that I don't not to uh, make a, a of you guys, but I don't. It's like I realized that I don't need a degree to enjoy science. So it's completely true. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I don't need to go back to school, uh, but I can just enjoy uh, what I love doing now and what I what I like, you know, physics and uh, biology. I can just open the internet, watch documentaries. You know, I have a lot of notebooks on my in the research also, and, and kind of enjoy that. And at the same time, I'm financially secured. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't think you have to be to no. take a need a degree to be scientist, and you can research your own thing. And especially nowadays with different courses online. Yeah. And it's coming up really good. Yeah. I mean, uh, city science is uh, it's really a uh, really yeah. something that comes up. Yeah. But maybe I someday, you know, I'm I'm still building my finances to become really secured. 
and I'm planning to, you know, someday I'll just, you know, go and study again and with what I want and then just be with I'm it. Never too old to study and to learn. Yeah. I'm learning a lot with you guys now. So <laughs> that's a part of it. Yes. Yeah, so thank you really for gracing my, this uh, special episode of my podcast. Yeah. See you around in the ship. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah.